I prioritize movement daily because it's a part of who I am Mm -hmm. versus I'm going to the gym six times a week to lose 30 pounds. Big difference. Big difference. Long, a a long-term dedication decision, accepting you're going to hurt your elbow. You're going to do all these things. I was just talking. I was just talking. Roller coaster. Yeah. I was just talking with someone and we'd kind of put some stuff. He's like, Hey man, like I'm, I'm hurt. I was like, I'm feeling hurt. My shoulders are hurt. I said, okay, man, <laughs> probably going to watch this. But basically I, basically I told him, I was like, look, dude, here's the point. If you're starting to break 28 to 30 years old, there's a couple things you're thinking. Am I, am I a has-been? And then you're also thinking, okay, when I go to the gym, I'm always hurt. Like, isn't it that I go to the gym? I'm not supposed to be hurt. And the thing that I got caught up in, and it's just, you know, the conversation, I was like, no, what you're really doing is, well, you're not working out, you're hurt. But when you work out, you're strong and you're hurt. <laughs> the Mold Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Get on it. And you're back with another episode of the Moved Entrepreneur Evolved podcast. I am super pumped. Today's podcast is brought to you by Moved30.com. You can check that out. It's a transformational program for entrepreneurs. Today, I am with the man, Sammy Johnson. What's up, dude? What's going on, brother? I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Ready to jam. Dude, I'm super pumped to have you. We had chatted a little bit. We got to chat a little bit in the back, but let's just dive into some of this. So Love Handle Terminator for High Achievers. This is going to be about fitness. This is going to be about life. Dude, where did this all start, man? I go back a little bit and I could tell that you had a fitness background. It seems even about three or four years ago. When you got into fitness, and I'll kind of plug you a little bit earlier forward, is it turned into travel fitness? Then we'll dive into that. But have you always been someone into fitness? Was it something when you were younger? Were you a gym rat? Did you do it for girls? What, what was your deal? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I grew up uh, playing competitive baseball and soccer for the church. And then the, the shortest version of it is I played sports for 11 years. And then I shattered my hand playing baseball in a tournament and then played for one more year. I had already played for the best team that I could. And then from there, I played for the worst team the next season. And I was like, this is dumb. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. So then I became really good at Halo 2 and Call of Duty, which oh. led me to, <laughs> which okay. led me to, uh, to gain a lot of weight. And so I spent essentially my entire seventh grade and eighth grade uh, years playing nothing but video games and just trashing my body. And so that led me to a place of quite a bit of insecurity in my body Mm. led me to a place where I was just super uncomfortable with who I was uh, as a man Mm. and especially in high school I'll also mention as well that at the time uh, my father was a drag a drug addict and was battling an opiate addiction and so there was a lot of turmoil in the house and so I was growing up with that and then also took after him as well And so at the age of 14, I started smoking weed. And then one thing led to the next, as it usually does for most people, and ended up putting every drug in my body that I possibly could to get high and escape the pain that I was in. And then eventually, I finally put the drugs down and then discovered, uh, rediscovered alcohol, messed with it a little bit in sixth grade. But that's pretty young. My dad. Yeah, that's pretty young, man. That's not easy. Tough story. I lost my old man at, at 22 years old to a heroin overdose. And that's when I went, that's, that's when I went real downhill and just buried, buried the pain with, with alcohol as much as I could. And so throughout that whole period of time to close the loop, I started working out at 15 years old and have continued that ever since. And I got started in the fitness industry at 18 years old. I'm about to be 29. So I'm going on almost 11 years. Yeah, man. What a story, dude. I like, um, I don't want to say I like, but it's always great to hear people just tell it like it is. Right. And it's like, yeah, sometimes, you know, even sometimes sharing it just even for you, it's, it's a good feeling, you know, sometimes you're like, dude, I made it like I made it to where I'm at. So let's dive into that, man. It's a miracle. So, it is brother, but you put the work in. So let's, yep. you know, in a way, let's chat about that. So, you know, we're talking about <clears throat> a lot of people on this podcast kind of can swing through too, is that 
either you want to be a high achiever, you want to be someone that's a business owner, you do those things. And I always talk about how physically is a way to get you moving regardless of what you think the scenario was. So kind of pulling you back I mean, kind of obviously going back to high school and we're going through puberty, going through like all that other crap that's just like attacking you, man. So, I mean, I could only imagine what you were going through through that process. But I think it's important too for adults to recognize that that is probably a trigger that we should do even at our older ages, and you turn to something with action. What do you think it was about the body that changed you into kind of starting to create maybe confidence? What do you think that was? Because they're, pro- I would say it was like, in a way, the gym's a drug. I mean, you know, sometimes you, yeah. it's a, I mean, especially if you know what the pump is when you're leaving the gym, you're like, I'm the man. <laughs> yep. So what was that? What was that for you? So, yeah. If you're, are you asking like what the one thing was that got me hooked? Yeah. Like what was it? Because you, was it the, was it the pump of the gym? Was it the camaraderie Mm -hmm. of the gym? Was it a place that you could go to exit where you were at? You know, we all kind of make decisions to go to gyms for different reasons, you know? It's a great question. I think that for me, it was an outlet for sure. It was an outlet to channel my energy into something positive. The problem was, is that I was also channeling my energy into a lot of negative things as well. Mm. However, I think I just growing up in general, Mm. I love anatomy and physiology. And so I just became super fascinated with training the body, what you can get it to do, how to be able to fix things that are wrong with it. And just became obsessed with movement and the skill of movement and also the nutritional aspect as well. So mm-hmm. what you can, you know, what are the effects of the things that you're putting in your body? And then how is that affecting you and your work as well? And I became a trainer at 18 years old. And so for me, it was, it's just like, this is natural to me. I, I just fell in love with it, man. My old man got me in the gym at 15 years old. And so it just made sense. I just love the gym. I love the atmosphere. And so for me, it made sense to go into that as a career helping people. And I spent seven years as a personal trainer. But I think I that think you also that, were like, you were opening some gyms as well. Like in Tennessee, you were opening a, 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 a lifetime athletic gym. Um, they were opening up a few years back. Does it sound right? Yeah, that's correct. I, so I moved here to open a gym. And okay. So that was your back. transition from Austin, right? Uh, from St. Louis. Yep. So St. Louis. I, I grew okay. up in St. Louis. To St. Louis. Sorry, your brother's in Austin. I cut that. Yeah, brother's in Austin. <laughs> and uh, so moved from St. Louis to Nashville. Uh, I was going to open a gym because this is a huge hub for business conventions. And I love serving people that are in the business world, whether it be sales or corporate or entrepreneurs. And so I had all these plans to come here, start a gym, open this business, but then I got lost on downtown Broadway. If anybody that's listened to this has been here, it's uh, nothing but music, alcohol, and women, which I just couldn't get enough of. So didn't end up opening a gym, but the Lifetime Athletic, uh, I, I moved here without a job. And three months later, I was like, man, I should probably, I should probably stop partying and get a job. So then I got a job with Lifetime Athletic and Franklin and Grand opened that gym and then became the team development manager there for a year and a half. So that was probably the transition of your leadership qualities? Yeah. Yeah. I learned, uh, I I was in management. Uh, I was in the vitamin shop. I worked for the vitamin shop in the supplement industry for two years. I I was, I managed there. My management career actually started really young at 16 years old. I managed pools and then moved into managing in the supplement industry and then moved into managing a team of 50 trainers and was responsible for hiring in the education process. So we always see these, like there's these roads of success or entrepreneurship and things like that. And these ones are always kind of cool because you attach something that was your outlet, which ultimately became your connection to society and your value. So these stories are always really cool. When, when you decided to kind of be in that gym, did you find yourself kind of wanting to be an entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneurial yourself or that, that you finding yourself just wanting to work at gyms? Because I think that that's there's a major shift there, right? <laughs> I come yeah. to business or I'm going to stay as a many times, maybe like as a contractor. Yeah. So are you cool if I just lay it all on the, uh, lay it all on Dude, here? we're here, brother. There ain't no rules. 
All right. So I'll be honest with you, my, you know, from, from a young, I don't have like the, you know, I, I was selling lemonade and baseball cards, but what I did as a young man was, you know, went around and whether it was shoveling driveways or cutting grass, I did that. But my, my entrepreneurial career started at 16 years old, working at Wendy's. And while I would work, I would also sell drugs out of my truck while I was working there. All right. So we got to stop this. My... We got to stop this. No one's ever done that before. That yeah. is where we stop the show. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, yeah, who so... was, I think Elon Musk said the best, the best business owners or were drug dealers or something like that. So let's say that the action wasn't good, but maybe there's some skills in there that you carried on. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've learned a lot and I'm still learning, but that's kind of where, uh, to be honest, it, it all started. And so I think that, um, over the course of a few years, you know, whether you're a contractor in a gym or not, you're still running your own business, right? You're just not paying for all of the overhead, but you're managing, uh, you're, you know, you're managing clients, you're managing revenue, you're responsible for sales, et cetera, and lifetime value of clients. So like the, the, the principles are there just without some of the expenses and other responsibilities. And so for me, I think that when I made the leap into the business that I'm doing now, it was because I had reached a ceiling. There's only only so many people that I can serve in a gym. Mm-hmm. And I know that I am supposed to serve a lot of people for a very specific reason. And so I had to break out of that. But Travel Fit Code didn't come first. Mm. I actually started a donut business in 2019 with the girl that I was with at the time. Short, it's kind of a funny story. So she made these macro It's a friendly. great story because we just talked about like fitness and all this great stuff. And then yeah. you just throw out a donut. <laughs> so she, so she, she made these low calorie, gluten-free, dairy-free, macro-friendly donuts. And when okay. we started dating, when we started dating, I tried them and I was like, these are the best donuts. I literally the best donuts I've ever had in my life. We have to sell them. Took me four months to convince her. I was like, I will do everything. I will get them into stores. Just please, can we go into business? <laughs> Short-lived, we started an LLC, started the business together. We started the process. We were making and baking donuts. And so I kind of got distracted from my vision uh, into that vision. And then we broke up four months later. And then that was that was the end of it. So then I went all in on my business whenever COVID hit in uh, 2020. Great time to start a business. We had a past guest. Um, uh, he uh, spoke about some really cool stuff. He says, you can't, there, there's no single gangster. And it was like, you can only be the gang of one gang. You know, you can only really focus on one thing though. We want to, right. So was that how did how, did was that tough to let go? I know there's a lot of people on the show. Sometimes they'll they'll take an effort, and you just you just described about five probably five six months of work, if not more, right? So you put all that effort in. What was that like letting it go? Did it feel like your baby? Did you feel like well, obviously it had a relationship with it, so there's a little bit of other things that come with it. But did you feel like you were like, man, this was my thing? And then you probably had to restructure your mind, which I think is probably pretty common. Good question. So I'll give a short answer and then I'm going to bring it into the present because this is actually something that I've just gone through. With that business specifically, it was about nine months of work that went into it, right? And I was super excited about it. For me, I am to sit behind a computer um, is not the most thrilling thing in the world. I'm a, I'm a builder, right, with my hands. And so doing that business was just so much fun for me, like working 15, 16 hours a day, making mm-hmm. donuts, running around, going out and selling them, meeting and greeting people, right, because you got to go out and make the connections. It's not like just DM some, DMing somebody on social media. So I loved that, but there was, there was so much that happened with that relationship and the end of it that it really just didn't matter to me mm. that it came to an end. Got it. However, to answer your question, because I think this will be valuable for the audience. So at the end of last year, I got into a really bad place with my business. I've been riding this roller coaster for since March 16th of 2020. I went through the biggest healing journey and transformation of my life in 2020. Mm. And then when that kind of wrapped up in 2021, I started riding this roller coaster in my business, trying to figure out 
how to run a business because it's just been a state of chaos, right? Like you start a business in the middle of a pandemic and it's just and also in the biggest transformation of your personal life, it was just chaos. Mm-hmm. And so I knew to grow my business, I needed more leads. I needed more eyeballs. And so I made a $60,000 investment in July to make that happen. I didn't make $1 back. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see. Let me see if I can react differently. Oh man. Okay. How much did you learn? $60,000 worth of lessons. I'm, I'm so thankful for it because it's gotten me to where I'm at today, but it was hard. It was it, it. So that made me, that brought me to the point to where I was like, I don't even know if this is what I'm supposed to be doing more than anything. It hit my identity as a man. It made me question who I was as a man. It made me question whether or not I'm actually capable of living up to the calling that I believe that I have. And it made me realize that there was a lot of work that needed to be done. For me, entrepreneurship, to be honest, these, these, the first two full years of it have been nothing but a refinement and a removal process of insecurity, doubt, bad character traits, and bad skills, to be honest. And so to circle that up, I reached a point in February of this year of 2022, where I fully let go. I said, if my time has come to an end in the fitness and the health industry, then that's okay. And it wasn't until I reached that point of complete peace and release and realized I'm going to be okay if I don't do this. It wasn't until that point that everything started to fall into place of what's happening now. I think that's super valuable. You hear people say, let go. I'm not good at this. I mean, you know, just because I'm the host doesn't mean I got it all right. (laughs) I think that what you just said is what a large scale number of, of guys that go through. I think that entrepreneurship mm-hmm. will test you in ways that you've never been tested before. You're, you're thrown uh, basically in a field saying, now you got to go get food and you got to bring people to your field for you to get food. And I think that what you were just sharing is absolutely true. You know, especially taking a hit like that. Now you're just thinking, shoot, that was my. See, you got, you get 60, hundred, a million dollars in the bank. You feel like you can almost do things to mess up. You have liability insurance in yeah. a way. And it sounds like from that, you lost that. And then you started questioning what were, what were some of the steps? And I think this would be kind of questionable. Did you go back to when you were younger and said, I'm getting back in the gym, focusing on me. Was that your first instinct or did you find yourself going to my, maybe more of a mental side? So Good question. So for me, I didn't lose and or stop my health and fitness habits. And here's an interesting lesson that I'll share. I think that my, my fitness and health routines were actually hurting me more than they were serving me in this time. And I'll explain why real quick. The reason is, is because I was so I was so neurotic about things being a certain way. I have to train this way. I have to eat this way. My routines have to be a certain way that it started to backfire. And it actually, they started to work against me rather than for me. And so my routines in the gym, my routines at home, all of those things carried on. For me, this was a, uh, this was a mental process. So I actually just gave a presentation on this on Monday to another business. And if you want, I can just share what I shared with them. It's just four steps. Yeah, let's do it. I actually, (laughs) I was actually, well, you had another one you were speaking. I was going to ask you about that too. So super cool, man. Yeah. Dive into it. So the first thing I did is I gave myself space, but I gave myself too much space. And what I mean by that is permission to slow down and take a deep breath because Business and entrepreneurship is nothing but a constant state of fight or flight. 
I would argue that nearly every business owner, whether they realize it or not, is in the sympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. They're in a sympathetic state, which is just constant stress. And so you cannot, I don't want to use the word cannot, it is very difficult to make sound decisions from that place. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but it leads to fatigue and exhaustion. And that is also very difficult to make the right decisions. So I gave myself permission to slow down. I gave myself too much space to slow down. And what I did is I pulled way back. I stopped doing the things that were going to continue to lead my business forward. Mm -hmm. And I also, here's one of the biggest lessons is the quality of service that I had for my clients went down significantly. Okay. I was in a, I was not in a good place. And so I was not serving the right way. The next thing that I did, I already mentioned, I fully let it go. This was a process. When you say let it go, just to kind of dive a little deeper, do you mean letting go of the outcome? Yes. Okay. Letting go of the outcome and letting go of what I think I'm actually supposed to be doing with my life. Okay. So from a spiritual perspective, for me, it was a matter of fully letting go of my will and being open to God's will and that being different from what I feel like my life should look like. That makes sense. A hundred percent. Now, did you find, so I think that if I, did you, you had one or two more or was that the, I had two more, but we can stay here for a second. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting thing because it's um, when you deal with even because even on these calls, you, you know, we tend to talk about sometimes I'll even have to talk about myself just because it's relatable. But in, in that environment that we're always in fight or flight, do you think it's something as an entrepreneur, we just, we thrive for it? I think it's normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs are not normal. We are not there's, there, we are different than most people, high achievers in general. And so the way that our brains operate is just, there's, this, it's just a little bit different. And so I think that chaos is calming. So let me see if I can put this together. Cause I, I talk about this stuff too, is that what you were doing is you released, but you, but you didn't keep pressure. Yeah. And if I were to try to kind of do this, it's almost like you were stiff, just stiff and everything you're doing, you're stiff. And what you're saying is just let go and do the things that you have to do unemotionally and let the path guide you. Is that kind of what you were, that what, what you kind of opened the door to? I think because what you, I did. Yeah. Because you would probably run into people that if you're, I'm, I'm following this in the sense, and, and I've learned kind of gone through this too, is that if you take a step back, you also allow to listen and when you listen, you start to hear other angles of ways to do things. Yeah. I turned it into a season. And so in my head, I, like I couldn't move forward until I had the answers, which is not good. You can't do that in business. You have to take uh, action even when you don't have answers. And so action. what my, mm -hmm. exactly. So my thing was like, well, I cannot take the next step forward until I know 100%. And so I, if I could go back, I would continue to take action, even though it did not make sense and I did not have answers and, and not turn it into a season and realize that it's actually just a process that you are going through daily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is an important one. Because I think that um, what you were saying is you remove the front pressure um, that kept the business going. And when you stop doing that, then you weren't cultivating, you weren't nurturing, you weren't doing any of the things that brought people through the door to bring you, them to you, you know, your final solution. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think it's a really interesting conversation because what you're bringing up is, um, you weren't quitting, but you were trying to release the anxiety, but then you're like, wait a minute, I still need the pressure because pressure is what makes diamonds, which ultimately is what moves your business. Very interesting. Very, very, yeah. very good insight. Yeah. And so on that topic, you've heard this question before. However, I would argue that most people don't have the answer to it. And, I'm, and honestly, uh, until this past Sunday, when I was getting this talk ready, 
I didn't have the answer. But what would you do for the rest of your life if money didn't, didn't matter? And I think that some of us have an idea. I had an idea of what that was, what that actual answer was. But when I asked myself that question as I was coming up with this, I realized in that moment what it was. And so I think that continuing to uncover what it is that you're passionate about, that gets you excited, and that stirs you is, is really what you have to get clarity on. You had so, a Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to move on, but yeah. go ahead. You, you actually had a, um, a post that you made and it was, and this is what it says, nothing attacks your self-esteem and self-confidence more than telling yourself you want something, then taking no action whatsoever to move yourself towards it. I spent so many years of my life doing this and I'm still suffering the consequence of it today. I had all these dreams, visions, and goals of creating life that, uh, that to me was worth living yet every day I had acted and behaved in a way that went against what I said. I think that yeah. you brought up what you had gone through basically at the end of November of last year. And I think that that's, uh, it, as you've gone through this and you've probably met other people, do you feel like this is something that's common with entrepreneurs? hundred percent. I think it's really common when it comes to their health too. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of business owners think that they want specific things with their health, but they actually don't know what they want. Mm -hmm. And it leads them into this place of procrastination and not ever making progress. Yeah. So I see that a lot with business owners. I see it a lot just with high achievers in general that I work with. So that's one of the things that we, we get clarity on for sure. Yeah. I, I think that that's really clean. So what was the third one? <clears throat> the third step. Mm -hmm. So getting clarity. Okay. So specifically the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, the how. And so this is the process is getting clarity on what you want. And again, not turning it into a season, but a regular practice, a regular habit of sitting down removing distraction and visualizing what you want to have, but not only what you want to have, what you want life to feel like. A lot of people know what they don't want to feel like. They don't actually know what they want to feel like. And that's what one of my clients talks a lot about Taylor Welch is he says a lot of people don't actually know how they want to feel. They just know mm -hmm. what they don't want. And so getting clarity on that helps a lot. And then one of the things that helped me, this was the most transformational this was like the icing on the cake is once I started to get clarity. So I went through a couple of things. I went through a book called living forward. It's by Michael Hyatt and Daniel Harkavy. Great okay. book. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of like, uh, you know, you, you write your uology and then you essentially have all of your priorities. And then there's a, a process that they take you through to get clarity on that. That was really good. The other thing that you can do is uh, create a morning formula. It's something that Taylor Welch also came up with. So I've been using that since I came into their world and their programs, right? Which is just a, essentially an identity document. So mm -hmm. something that you read every morning or at least several times a week that puts you in the identity of, of where you're going, right? Because a lot of times we wake up and you might not feel like doing what you need to do, mm -hmm. right? Motivation is fleeting. And so when you wake up and you are questioning who you are and you're tired and you don't want to show up going into that document and putting yourself in that future place helps a ton. And then the one thing that solidified this for me, because I already knew that stuff, the one thing that solidified this for me and has allowed me to move forward is to stop thinking about myself. A lot of people talk about bringing value and serving your people and that's great. However, most of the time it's done from a selfish place. Ooh, selfish. interesting. Okay. Let's, let's game. dive into this. Okay. I'd like to, I'd like to dive into this. I like that. So it comes, cause this is always something I think is very interesting because I think entrepreneurs, there's a, they always say the release of the ego, but depending on where you're at in the business, the ego is sometimes the thing that actually tells yourself I'm worth it. And sometimes there's like this fake side of that. So do you think, what have you learned through the ego of that? Because that's also releasing the ego of what you're, what you're kind of talking about. So saying, look, it's not about me. 
but in some cases, when you don't at least have something about you, you are unnegotiable, meaning that you probably don't have your negotiation skills aren't very strong because you there's not a forward thinking. So what, what is, where is that barometer or where is that piece for you? I think one thing that we all struggle with that I struggle with, I won't speak for anybody else. However, I know it's common is doing things to feel valuable rather than being valuable and then doing things. So for example, what I mean by that is when you talk about ego, what I hear in the way that I process that is I show up every day knowing that I am valuable and that I'm here for a reason and that what I do, people need. Mm -hmm. And it's a disservice for me to not show them what the other side can look like. However, it can be really easy to get to a place where you're operating from a transactional state and everything just becoming about a transaction. And so here's the easiest example. I went to a business summit about four weeks ago. There's a gentleman, his name's Wes Watson. You may have heard of him. He spent 10 years in a California state penitentiary, and now he helps people completely transform their life. Came out of prison, I think, 30-year business. They're about to do 10 million. Wow. He's jacked, tatted, bald head, and every other word is the F word out of his mouth. And he came across my YouTube channel once when I was watching a video, and it was an ad, and he's yelling at me and calling me names and this, that, and the other. And I was like, what is going on? Why is this guy yelling at me? Anyways, he comes to this business summit and he gives this, this presentation, not presentation, he gives this, this talk. And he said something that completely changed, changed my life. He said, every effing day I wake up and I post, I don't miss a post. 2.45 AM, I post. After I work out, I post. At night, I post. He goes, the difference between you and me is that I do it when I don't feel like it, but you wake up and you don't feel like it because you're tired or you're stressed or you don't feel good. And he was like, what you don't realize is there is somebody on the other side of that post in your message that's depressed, anxious, or about to kill themselves mm -hmm. that desperately needs to hear your message. Mm -hmm but you're too selfish to put it out. Ooh. And that is, that was when I realized that it's not about the views, the likes, the sales, the revenue. It's about the one person that needed to see or hear what I had to say for that day. And so for me, when I say stop thinking about myself, that's what I mean. Like my ego prevents me mm -hmm. from showing up because like, mm, like I just don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. I think that's a really good way to do it. I think that some people, I think sometimes there's an interesting thing because, you know, people that are thinking, okay, I got to go out and do that. They're really fighting the people that don't need the, well, not a fair statement that maybe won't buy their thing or won't listen to them because they're cousin Johnny or whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. I think that, um, I, I actually talk a little bit about this because I think that, um, when you, when, if you're talking about posting or anything like that, it really is just an identity thing. And it's like, when I put this out there, what's my identity can be. And, and I've dealt with that too. I mean, we all kind of figure that out, but I think what, and if I can kind of get it right, it's like, there should be an emotion, unemotional attachment to what you're doing, which makes it not about you, but because of the action. And when it's an unemotional, then you're really not saying, am I doing a good job? Am I doing this? And I think that with, I'm not the word real <laughs> because there's reels. But if you look at even posting and things like that, it's like, this thing goes away. And until somebody wants to go further into getting to know you, 
maybe they'll see that post, but if you were posting all the time, you kind of diversified your chances of having something good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So you, so you started transitioning and you start, you got back and kind of fit and you started to start this business. And when you started this business, did you do it with partners? Did you do it by yourself? What was your, what was your, what was your proposition? I'm solo, man. Okay. I'm solo. So I've had a team that's worked with me. So I've had uh, a coach, you know, assistant, some, some operations and systems people that have come in and worked for me, but I've been solo. That's cool, man. And then, so this process, what's some of the key things that you like to work with on someone? Um, you know, <clears throat> a lot of entrepreneurs, I always think that there's like, so many of them are capable of the health side because they're capable of going out there and talking to people when it's uncomfortable. So it's totally capable. In your experience that you found, what are some of the reasons why you think that they don't? Why do you think they don't have a regimen? Why don't you think, is it, is it a why? We talk about all that all the time. What, what do you think it is? One of the things that comes to mind off the top of my head is a lot of business owners want to take care of everybody else and want to give everybody else oxygen. And they'll do anything and everything to make sure that other people are taken care of before they take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's backwards because you can't take care of other people if you're not taking care of yourself, right? Jim Rohn says, I'll take care of, of me so long as you take care of you for me. And so that's one of the biggest ones is this mm -hmm. belief that if I take even 30 minutes for myself, then I might lose an employee or we might lose sales or mm. this fire may happen. That's one of the biggest ones. The other one, is a binary thought process when it comes to health. And it's funny because to be honest with you, health and business, the principles of success are the same. Mm. And so entrepreneurs have this tendency to be all in or all out. The perfect example of this, and I just wanna say this before, before I make this statement, the perfect example of this is somebody that goes from zero to 75 hard and believes that's the only way that they can make progress. And so what happens is we end up operating in this binary state of mind. So it's, I'm either a hundred percent on or I'm a hundred percent off. Mm -hmm. And this idea, this idea of perfectionism with health doesn't make sense because you, your lifestyle, your business, personal life, it is not possible for every single thing to go exactly how you want it. And then what happens is when one thing doesn't go the right way. So an example of this would be you get tied up on calls and then you skip a meal. Now you've fallen off the wagon. Mm -hmm. And so now you're completely off when really you were 5% off. Mm -hmm. So my point. encourage my encouragement there is shift to a continuum and ask yourself, well, how far off was I? Was I 5% off? Was I 10% off? Because you may have been, it might've been a marginal error in your day mm -hmm. and you've turned it in to something. The main thing. That you've turned it into the main thing and now you mm -hmm. have to completely restart. So that's the second one. And then I believe that the third one is road bumps being turned into obstacles. And what I mean by that is, let's just use an example of traveling to masterminds and or traveling to a business summit or event. Super popular. Everybody's putting on events. COVID's, you know, pretty much gone now. And so now there's a lot of travel, a lot of networking. And so there's a belief that it's not actually possible for you to be able to maintain routines and mm -hmm. or make the choices that you need to make when you're gone. And so then you stop and then try to pick back up when you get home. But the hard part is, is that it's not maintaining the routines, it's getting back into them. And so Very it's learning point. the necessary, it's, it's learning the necessary skills and, and how to be able to think and make decisions from a place of vision rather than stress and emotion and exhaustion 
that is going to allow you to be able to continue to move forward. So that's what I'm most passionate about yeah. is teaching people how to think because there's a broken thought process and there's a lot of mistakes and belief when it comes to managing health and what health actually is, right? Because it's different for everybody mm-hmm. that prevent people from being able to see any success, right? There's a statistic that says 95% of people after three years gain any weight back that they lose. Correct. We don't have a weight loss problem. We have a weight maintenance problem and it comes down to how to be able to actually manage lifestyle and habits and routines as seasons change in life. And, and I'll add to that. And it's one of the things that we actually move is what moved is about. And one of the things that I think that, you know, you'll, you'll get this, um, that I've been working on to explain better. And that is that, um, I'm a fight freak. I love fighting for everybody out there. Ricky Hatton's supposed to fight again, anybody that's a boxing fan, but, uh, (laughs) but when you look at fighters, you look at basketball players, you look at football players, and their, uh, their time of execution is a short period of time. So, for example, if you take a basketball player, a football, baseball player, you have off-season, on-season. So what happens is you train yourself in those specific things. So if you look at it, they'll be like this, this, and then they'll come down, but they're back in preseason, right? Or they're like, hey, take a couple of weeks off, and then we continue on. So when you look at fighters fighters usually will stay in a training they love the sport but when it comes to about the six week marker you go into about a six week fighting camp with the last five days as a rest and so you're kind of rejuvenating then you fight the fight could be five to 25 minutes in that process what we find is that the exertion of energy has an off and everybody's okay with it because it's part of the job. The thing that we're having an issue with entrepreneurs is that we're trying to treat entrepreneurs is the same way of exertion of trying to say that it's only supposed to go a long time. I think 75 hard is cool. I did it. I didn't miss a day. I smashed the whole thing. And I was swimming like a thousand yards and running three miles. And like, I hit the assault by, I went for it. Right. I thought that's what it was. You smash it, but it's not maintainable. If you have a family, if you, it's just not maintainable. And so though it felt good, and I, I still don't bash it or anything like that, though it felt good to accomplish it, it's definitely not sustainable at that height. So what I like to propose in this, and I think that this is the conversation, is how do we get ourselves to live at a specific baseline 365? Because we're not going in a fight. We have to sustain the next day continually. And I think through marketing and things like that is that we're putting out those excursions that are like, you got to do this thing for 45 days. And then you're like, okay, I did it, but there is no preseason. It's bye. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Because I'm always interested in this part. And this just goes to even building my company. How can we get entrepreneurs to, to be able to say, look, this is where we need to look at. What are your thoughts? What, what do you think we can inject into people? And to, you know, I feel evangelistic in this topic because it's a transfer of mindset. It's not, hey, do you want to buy my cup? It's, hey, I want you to mold the cup. Yeah, it's good. It's a good question. I love the example you used too, right? Because this is what we teach in our business. And just like in boxing, how there's a ramp up period and then there's a taper before the fight. Mm-hmm. We do the same thing with training, yeah. right? When you look at any sport, you progressively, you know, so let's just take working out, for example, you progressively overload and you increase the stress on the body. And then you do what's called a deload or a taper. So your body can then adapt to that stress. But again, the baseline. And what you're talking about is maintenance, mm-hmm. right? And this is the problem is people don't know how to maintain and they don't know what maintenance looks like. And people believe that if I'm not making this exponential effort towards this insane goal or outcome that I want to achieve, then I'm not moving forward. Very good point. And that, that's the gap. And so here's how I like to explain it, especially for business owners, because that's, this, that's the audience. So think about it like this. If you were to sit down and plan out your quarter or the next two quarters, which I hope you're doing, what you would want to do is not only plan your business out, 
but you would also plan your health. And so what we specialize in specifically is we teach high achievers how to align their health goals with their business goals. And so what we do is we use this concept called phasing, okay? Mm. And so the easiest way to explain this is let's just say that you're in a push season with your business. You're making a massive effort to grow the business. You're hiring and you're trying to get to the next mark in regards to revenue or whatever the outcome may be that you're looking for. Well, what that means is that you're going to be spending an immense amount of energy every single day. Mm-hmm. And so it is it may not be realistic for you to also expend an immense amount of energy in the health side of things. Yeah. And so what we do is rather than trying to go all out at once, which is what we want to do, what we do is we maintain with our health while we push in the business. Mm-hmm. And what the maintenance is actually for is to support the push in the business because you do two things with energy. You spend it and you recover it. In entrepreneurship, we spend hundreds and hundreds, thousands of dollars in energy every single day. And then we might do one workout. Hopefully you get three meals in, but if you're in a push season, you probably forget to eat or you stress out and you eat. And maybe you hit your water and take, maybe you don't. And Mm -hmm. you're probably not sleeping enough. Mm -hmm. And so what we have to do is we have to get our health. We have to use the the maintenance with health to support the push in business. And then when that slows down, then it may make sense to ramp up in health while you're maintaining a business because maintenance in business is important. You cannot always be growing. Well, I I don't want to say it. Let me take that back. It's not always the smartest thing to just try be trying to grow the business because things are going to break eventually, right? Yeah, you and definitely so have to spend time on delivery, spend time on your yeah. onboarding. But yeah, once you've are, created are, the momentum on the front, you can do it. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the key, man. The key is the key is aligning the two together. And what happens is there's constant friction for business owners because they think that both of them have to move forward at once. And so we have to establish what the baseline looks like. And so there's a ton of different strategies and tools and things that, you know, we could go into mm-hmm. that we don't have time for. Maybe we can at yeah. another point that would be helpful to be able to support that and put it in action, right? Because it's, it's, it's great to, to listen to and be like, wow, yeah, that sounds great. Well, then how do you do it? I think one thing that I learned is that um, the, the kicker that I think people miss, and that is when people go in to say, I'm going to go work out, is they haven't transformed to somebody that works out. And there, you caught that, didn't you? It's like, it's yep. so much like you, you don't realize that the guy that you're seeing going, it is his lifestyle. And then once you can connect those two to saying, this is your lifestyle, then right there, they then go, wait a minute, this is the outcomes I get with this lifestyle. And I think that that's like so important for people to understand that there's a different lifestyle or entrepreneurial lifestyle with the actual effects of taking care of yourself. Like you're a machine, right? I mean, you have to go out there and perform. Why aren't we treating our entrepreneurs the same way? Yep. The identity piece. Yeah. And it goes back to being transactional. So you're hyper-focused on the lag indicators. And the only reason you're doing something is for an outcome versus doing it because of who you are. I go to the gym or I, let me, let me use this example. I prioritize movement daily because it's a part of who I am Mm -hmm. versus I'm going to the gym six times a week to lose 30 pounds. Big difference. Big difference. Long, a a long-term dedication decision accepting you're gonna hurt your elbow you're gonna do all these things i was yeah. just talking i was just talking the roller coaster yeah i was just talking with someone and we kind of put some stuff he's like, he's like hey man like i'm i'm hurt it's like i'm feeling hurt my shoulders are hurt i said okay man <laughs> probably gonna watch this but basically i basically i told him i was like look dude here's the point 
if you're starting to break 28 to 30 years old, there's a couple things you're thinking, am I, am I has been? And then you're also thinking, okay, when I go to the gym, I'm always hurt. Like, isn't it that I go to the gym? I'm not supposed to be hurt. And the thing that I got caught up in, and it's just, you know, the conversation, I was like, no, what you're really doing is while well, you're not working out, you're hurt. But when you work out, you're strong and you're hurt. <laughs> So there's never not any time that you're not doing something with effort and stress that you're not going to feel maybe something in your shoulder. And I think something that, I don't know, maybe I'm going to get in a lot of trouble with doctors, but it's like, don't go to the doctor so fast. You know, you'd be surprised how many times you assume that you, you know, tore your sh shoulder or something where really it's just a normal stretch and you just kind of got to push through it. And I think that there's this act of like, getting off of it because you got hurt or, you know, there's all these little excuses, but in the end, you just lose the consistency. The difference is learning how to, so you, you said something that caught my ear, right? You said work through it. And I would say that the goal is not to work through it. The goal is to learn how to work around it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because working through it usually makes it worse. However, let me put it in this light. One of my clients, <laughs> one of my clients, we just started this new training cycle mm -hmm. and he takes an ice bath every morning. He's mm -hmm. a sales professional and he was pulling these ice pails out of his freezer and he felt something pop in his bicep. <laughs> and so Rather than him completely stopping everything, mm -hmm. we just adjusted the program yeah. to deal with that, right? Correct. So it's working around it, not working through mm -hmm. it, because working through it would have said like, oh, well, I'm just going to continue to go in, but maybe I'll just go light on biceps. No, dude, how about you just not train biceps or any sort of pulling exercise that's going to be secondary there, and let's do some other things. And again, it's just a matter of being able to know how to make decisions and what decisions to make and when to make them. Yeah. I think that my point of going through it is like, so for example, like I do Muay Thai twice a week, Wednesdays and Thursdays, I coach and train Muay Thai. And there's times when I'm like, dude, I'm hurt or something. And I just go anyways. Mm -hmm. And I'll just kind of go through the most something because yes. what I found is that if you don't just show up a little bit, dude, that's it. Even if you didn't do anything, you had to drink a water. That was the process that you were going through to kind of keep going. But I, I see what you're saying. Like, I, you know, let's not over-exaggerate injuries is not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but I think also people think they're injured before they really are is what my point is. You know, I went ice skating the other day and I was like, my lower back is killing me. I'm like, yeah. this shit hurts, dude. <laughs> and then the next day I was okay. I mean, I was okay. You know what I mean? And I think that's some of there, dude, this has been an incredible podcast. You have brought so much value and, and I can just tell in your demeanor, man, you serve, you give people value. How can they find you, man? Yeah. I'm so thankful to have been on here and I hope this was valuable and, and you're able to take something away from this. So you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y-G fit. YouTube is Travel Fit Co. And then on LinkedIn and Facebook, it is Samuel Johnson, just as it reads on the Zoom name down below. I'm on all the platforms and typically post somewhere between five to 10 times a day to make sure that you don't miss me. That's amazing, man. Samuel, you've been an amazing guest. I appreciate you, brother. We'll probably have you back on. Thanks again yep. for coming on the Moved Entrepreneur Evolved podcast. And for anybody out there that wants to look at other episodes, you can go back on the podcast. And one episode you might want to look back on is a guy named Hickson Gracie. He's also someone into fitness and he's also someone into breath work. Pretty known well, guys. So you can go back and watch that. But my man, Samuel, I appreciate you, brother. Thanks a lot, man. Keep kicking ass. Thank you. If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes, Moved is to entrepreneurs.